Smith goes for the shot in the back of the net. Keep your eye on goal of the day. That's got to be a contender early on. Take the right for the shot. Oh my goodness me! And you, would, as a Crawley fan, begin to believe the three points are yours. It's the best night of Crawley Town's lives, and there may be more to come. Hello and welcome to our final Straight Red episode of this season. But as ever, it's going to be absolutely jam-packed. We've got our season review, including the Stat Cave, the big question that you answered online, the regulars Broadfield buzz and added time, but also included our Glenn Morris interview. The cat speaks to Straight Red. Well, Ewan, welcome to the final episode of the Straight Red podcast for this season. Can you believe it's been a whole season that we've been doing this podcast for? Very quickly, how's it been for you? I've absolutely bloody loved it, Jonathan. When we started nine months ago, we didn't know if we'd get here, to be honest, did we? We started as a little bit of fun, but um, we've had so many people listening and so people, many people sort of contributing and leaving comments and, and things. Um, we, we couldn't possibly stop, and I'm absolutely loving it. Um, we've got every ambition to carry on next season. But yes, this is our final episode of season number one. And as a result, we're going to kind of do a summary of the season gone by, our opinions, your opinions, other people's opinions. But just before we do that, we're just going to reflect briefly upon the last game of the season, which was Crawley Town versus Tranmere Rovers, Ewan. And what a game that was. Two words for you, Panuche Kamara. Absolutely. Oh, my goodness me. Let, let's just get one thing clear. We were both working. Me and Jonathan were not at the final game of the season. Um, really, really sad. Just our luck there. that they win when we're not uh, there. Well, maybe, maybe there's a trend there. Who knows? <laughs> um, but obviously, we, we've seen all of the information. I was, I was working, but I was watching it sort of or following it live on Twitter. Um, incredible result. The highlights look amazing. All positive comments on all social media channels. Um, enough good things can't be said. Interestingly, um, Ollie Palmer left out of the game, having a bad run anyway. But then we saw on Instagram that he'd sort of torn. How can you tore? He tore um, two hamstrings or two groins or something, two groin strains. But either way, he was <laughs> out of the game. And I think it was our by going by what people are saying, one of our best performances of the season. Uh, Panuche Kamara, is he everybody's new favourite player? I think he might be. The, the interview after the game, I've never seen somebody smile so much for so long. It, what, a, what a lovely young guy. Um, he, he started the season as a striker, fell into sort of a midfield role, and what a game to end the season on. Um, and when he ran to, to the crowd, everybody embraced him. It looked absolutely fantastic. Ashley Nathaniel George, um, everybody knows he's a great player, and it's just getting better and better for him. So very, very positive going into the summer. The big question is, of course, we'll come on to this in, in some transfer, transfer gossip later. Um, can we keep hold of both of them? And, and the likes of David Cissé, even Rhys Grego Cox coming through now as well. Um, I think we know who might be good going very shortly but um, as a final game of the season to end uh, to end a poor season what a positive note to finish it on and I think Panucho Kamara really needed that goal because he's worked so hard his work rate has been um, above and beyond I think anyone else in the team generally speaking over the course of the season and to grab that goal at the end of the season like that has uh, I really hope has given him some sort of confidence and belief that he can achieve good things. And he got a lot of credit online for that goal as well. He ran from inside our box and I know what he wasn't the fastest defender. Our half, sorry. Um, No, he wasn't the fastest defender he was up against, but still take it around the keeper. Nearly trip as well. (laughs) He nearly went down, his gangly legs, but um, knocked it in the back of the net, ran straight to the crowd and and he was embraced um, very, very warmly indeed. I'm, I'm so happy to see that. So happy for him. 
So that's the final game of the season, quite positive. Now, when I was thinking about the summary of the season as a whole, Ewan, I was actually a little bit confused, to be honest, because I think this season promised so much for Crawley Town fans, but in reality, it delivered very little, in fact. It's been such a mixed season, which ended up kind of placing us mid-bottom of the table. Any other season, I reckon, that Crawley would have finished probably just above mid-table, um, given the sort of the the game-by-game scraps where we put in good performances but didn't get the points. And what ended up being was we put in good performances, didn't get any points, put in bad performances, didn't get any points. And it was kind of just like, when when are points going to fall our way sort of thing? And I don't care if the management staff and, and the board all say that, oh, we've got a top eight budget, we should be in the top eight and that's where we're aiming for. We didn't look like a top eight team, I don't think, on the pitch. And that, at the end of the day, that's what matters. I will say, though, during the latter part of the season, I think we saw some players really grow into their roles and some of the tactics starting to emerge successful. I think Gabby has has got a game plan there. And I know a lot of people don't necessarily believe in what he's doing. But I think the latter end of this season has definitely shown that players are beginning to believe in there. There are obviously one or two that I I think we'll touch on in in a short while about that maybe they should leave. And and once those players leave and players come in who believe in the philosophy, I think we'll begin to see a a more well-rounded approach from the team going forward. But generally speaking, I am feeling quite uh, hopeful for next season. I think next season is looking quite promising. I think it's natural for any football fan. Um, we, we've got 10 points in the last 15. All, all credit to the team and Gabby and the players. Um, they've really put it in when we needed it right at the end. Yes, a disappointing season. We knew that about two months ago. Nothing was ever going to be um, other than overall disappointment because we, we were in the position where we were down to almost, was it 19th, 20th? And um, it wasn't going to get much better. It was all, it was close to a, very close to a relegation fight. So from about two months ago, we knew the season was always going to be disappointing, but a very, very positive end to the season. The really, if you, if you review it in a few words, and we've got the big question coming up where you review it in eight words, but it, it's, 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 we're going to try and keep this as positive as possible because we're going to the summer now. We need to, but realistically, it's disappointing again. It, and this is this is five years now, three under the new owners, and we've got a tweet from um, Erdem shortly coming up as well in response to a fan's question that just happened today, actually. And um, all credit to him for his answer. Um, that There's no denying he's frustrated as well. We're frustrated. The fans are frustrated. Um, and it's completely natural. We started the season again. We always told a top eight budget. Salim loves to tell us we're going to compete. Um, so you, you've got to go by what they're saying. If they say we're going to compete and we've got a top eight budget, you've, you've got to believe it. Um, and I do believe we we have that sort of top eight, top end, top ten budget. Um, but so many things went off plan or say it wrong during the season. For example, Jimmy Smith getting injured was massive. Um Harry Kuehl going to Notts County. Maybe that wasn't like a bad thing, but we were okay at the time. We were about 14th at the time. We started the season. I was looking today. I think after about six or seven games, um, we were in like, we were one place off the playoffs after about eight or nine games. So we had a really bright start to the season. Then things started going slightly wrong. Yeah, Harry Kuehl's football, my God, it was boring. But we were sort of 14th, 15th on the table when he left. Um, And then Gabby started, a couple of good wins. That was all exciting. And then as it has done every year, it just it just sort of sunk away and it slowly went down and down. Out the FA Cup and out the Cup, the um, League Cup in the first round again. It's like, oh no, it's like Groundhog Day. 
but you've just said after that game on Saturday against Tranmere um, and the squad, like you said, seems to be coming together a little bit. Some players are, are really putting in performances that we, we expected of them some time ago. Um, yes, it, it, it's Crawley. You're going to be positive going into the summer. You've got to be. There's no other option. And we'll look forward to the transfer window. Who, who we can keep hold of is going to be really important. With those great performances, yeah, it's all really good being excited. They're going to be great next season. Can we keep hold of them? We knew we were told um, that there was, there was championship and Premier League clubs watching players. They, we weren't told which players, but let's assume it's ANG, it's Panucci, it's David Cisse, um, maybe even sort of not Reese Kroger Cox at sort of a championship level, but those players that are coming through playing better and better each week, yeah, fantastic, going to be good next season if we can keep hold of them. Otherwise, you start again. Um, Jimmy Smith, great to see him back at the weekend, making his recovery. He'll be massive next season. Do we keep hold or can we keep hold of Philippe Moraes? Who knows? By all accounts, from what I heard on two or three sources, was when he left the pitch on Saturday, it was almost like he was waving goodbye. I think and it's fa- been a bit touch and go, hasn't it, with the management team with Felipe? I think it's well known that he doesn't... I don't think he gets on that well with the management or, or um, Gabby in particular. There's been a couple of instances um, when he was left out of the squad for, for several games. We knew he wasn't injured. It was because of when he came off against Northampton. I think he had a bit of an altercation with Gabby, um, which just shows passion for me. And I, th- I don't know if it was dealt with right behind the scenes, but he didn't play for a few games. And Philippe's one of our best players. He played on the wing on Saturday. Um, and I was speaking to him after the game just on some DMs. And he was delighted just to be playing on the wing. And he gets his goal. Um, but why does it take six, seven months to realise where the best players play? Yes. And I think what will determine whether these players stay or not, to some degree, obviously, if a club comes in and offers you know, over the top for them, you're going to kind of, as Crawley Town, offer them up because at this stage you probably need the money. But of course, if you manage the relationship between the management and uh, the player pretty well and you you sell to him why he needs to stay at the club and what your philosophy going forward is and you maybe guarantee uh, Felipe Moraes if he prefers to play on the wing that he's going to play on the wing for you next season, then the player is going to want to stay for you. And so if, if a club comes in with a mediocre offer where, you know, in any other time if that player doesn't want to stay there, he's going to go. If he believes in what you're doing, I mean, I suppose it's uh, very simple what I'm saying here. But, you know, if he believes in what, what he wants to do, even though he's fallen out with, with Gabby a few times, if it's a professional relationship that's kept there, then hopefully he would stay for us. And I think the difference this season has been, at the end of this season, we've finished pretty positively. Quite a few other seasons, we've it's kind of just been a negative downspiral. And then it's been the closed season where we've had to build that up and build up during friendlies to start the next season positively again. The exciting thing about this season is we're going into the season on slightly an up. Obviously not a major up, but slightly an up. And yeah, if we can keep the majority of this team that are playing well now, between now and the start of next season, cut the dregs out, get a few new players in that we'll touch on shortly, then yes, there's no reason why we can't be excited again for 2020 and 21 um, or 2019-20, get a year ahead <laughs> of myself. Um, but again, it's all going to be based on that transfer window and I've no doubt Salim and the guys are working hard to bring in the best we possibly can. So um, yeah, still disappointing season, but as ever, as Crawley fans, we will look forward to next season and hope next season is our year. So, Jonathan, that's our opinion on the season. But how does it relate to the actual stats? This is the Jonathan Stat Cave. <laughs> yes. Um, well, I've had 
as you can probably imagine, great fun looking at all of these statistics. So, what do you think was the most frequent scoreline in a Crawley match last year? As an average, although just the most often one. The, the one most seen. Uh, losing 1-0. Well, yes, it's 1-0, lose or win. It was the most often seen in yeah. a Crawley match. Yeah, 28% of our matches was 1-0 either was way. Was it really? Wow. Yes, and Crawley have failed to score in... A third of their league matches this season. Doesn't 33%. surprise me. Doesn't surprise me at all. That which one. Um, I don't know whether you would take that as shocking or not, to be fair. Uh, um, maybe at the start of the season, if you told me we won't score in a third of our games, I'd be upset. But knowing that I've seen most of the games, <laughs> I'm not surprised at all. And those goals that we're talking about, which Crawley don't score, well, when they do score, the periods during the match when most goals are likely to be scored are, unsurprisingly at the end of the first half and at the end of the second half. I think that's quite natural. Yeah, I think we concede more than we score at the end of the um, second half, though, don't we? Yes. So on average, how often do you think Crawley score a goal? Oh, my goodness me. Every 71 minutes. That's actually pretty close. Is it? 81 minutes. Oh, that, that's not good enough, is it? No, but how often do they concede one? Oh, every, every 54. Again, pretty close. 61 <laughs> minutes. Not bad at this. I've watched a few games. So Crawley are, uh, at the end of this season, the joint fourth worst defensive team in the league. No surprise. Joint fourth with Cheltenham. And Reds have collected the second lowest points total away from home. How many? 18 points. 18 points. Notts County are top of that with 17 points. So Crawley are joint second with Crewe and Macclesfield all on 18 points away from home, which is pretty... Bad. If we, if we were just calculated based upon our away form, we would have been relegated. So that's 18 points from 23 games. Yeah. Blimey. Pretty shocking. So on average per game, Crawley spend 23.4 minutes behind, 50.1 minutes level, and only 16.5 minutes in the lead. That That is a brilliant stat. I'm, lo- I'm loving this. This is, this is going to be a regular feature next season, the stat cave <laughs> by Jonathan. I'm not sure I can come up with all these stats for every <laughs> single game. So the final question for this one, after, uh, until we go on to the table now, what do you reckon the average home attendance was? Uh, for home fans or, the home att- or just overall attendance? Overall attendance. 2,112. <laughs> that is pretty close again, Ewan. 2,290. I'm really good at this. And that's roughly only 38% of the stadium capacity. 38%, blimey. Bring your deck chairs, fill it out. <laughs> so now moving on to the league tables and, and comparing against previous seasons, just to see, have we actually done that badly in context to the other seasons? So obviously the first season that we were in the Football League in 2011-2012, League Two, promoted straight away in third place. That was our best season that we've ever had in the Football League on 84 points. It's also one of only two seasons in the Football League where we've we've had a positive goal difference, believe it or not. 84 points we had that year. I didn't realise it was that good. And plus 22 goal difference. Plus 22 isn't even... If you had 84 points, you'd think it'd be higher than plus 22, though, to be fair. We scored 76 and conceded 54. Wow, that's quite a lot conceded, isn't it? We're, anyway, we're, anyway I've, I've stalled you. Carry on. I'm loving it. Carry on. 54 goals is actually the lowest amount of goals we've ever conceded in the Football League. That's frightening. <laughs> Absolutely frightening. So the season after in League One, obviously, we that was our last season of positive goal difference. After then, it's kind of just been negatives all the mm-hmm. way through. So this season, we finished on 53 points in 19th position, having scored 51 goals, conceded 68 and that is actually the second best we've ever performed in League Two 
Um, last season, coming off of 59 points in 14th position, obviously it, it seems like pr- m- quite a downer. Seems like quite a good season now last year, doesn't it? Yes, but before that, we are actually on 51 points. And before that season, in 2015-16, we are on 47 points. So actually, when you look quite, further... Are you trying to say this is quite a good season, Jonathan? Well, I'm not saying it's a good <laughs> season. I'm just saying it's not as bad a season as many fans probably think it was. I'm not saying that's meaning that we shouldn't expect better from the club. I'm just saying that maybe we should broaden our horizons in terms of where we look and actually realise what the club has achieved so far and that actually we aren't doing too bad based upon history. I think the upset just comes from the expectations that we're set up from ownership, saying we've got this budget, this is what we're going to do, we're going to challenge. That's where the disappointment has come, not not in comparison to, to previous seasons. But um, good. have you got more numbers? No, that's that's is me that done it? for oh, the numbers. That was good. That was good. Well done. The the, the first of a stat cave. I think that's a success. I, I think that's a goer. <laughs> well, hopefully we'll do a, maybe a mid-season review next next day. Uh, I, I would look forward to that. So that is our review of the season. The stats review of the season. Now time for your review of the season. So, like you and just said, we've given you our opinions, we've shown you the stats opinions of this season uh, and what you can take from that. Now it's moving on to your opinions from this past season. And we put out a question on various social media platforms, basically asking you what your thoughts are of this season in eight words maximum. Ewan, what answers have we got? Well, first of all, the eight-word tenuous link was because eight seasons in the Football League. That's I like wh- it. That's why I picked the number anyway. We've had some such good replies, and, and we love getting your replies. Um, we, we, we really do. So I'm going to start with Facebook, first of all. Um, Russell Hilton said, up and down, some confusing tactics, entertaining overall. Good eight words, that. Uh, Ellis Barton says, I can do it in one roller coaster. Technicality, that's six words, but we'll let you off. <laughs> uh, Philip Lucas, never a dull moment, only needed half or. Uh, Anna Constable, bliss, despair, followed by hope, and finally relief. Very good. Very good, Anna. Thank you. Uh, Tracy Thornton, tame team together, but mostly Glenn. Fantastic. Matthew Rowe, good players, lack leadership, expected more, lucky. <laughs> Uh, I like the effort that some people These are really this. good. Alison McMullen, season of two halves held together by Glenn. And finally on Facebook, uh, Tony Maiden said, goal shy. Just, just needed the two. Now, Twitter, some absolutely crackers on here, okay? Uh, first of all, CTFC Ross, his eight words, shit. <laughs> Cheers, Ross. <laughs> uh, Andy, Andy Salmon said, underachieved, but happy to stay up. Changes needed. Good summary, that. I like that one. Tim, Levin- Tim Levinsky said, status quo. Um, again, usual, usual. Another season of um, the same. Stu Elmer, all, as always, optimism. Unfortunately, not delivered yet again. That's a good one. Uh, Peter Melamy, finished 19th. No cup runs, not good enough. Again, a solid eight. Uh, James Adol's terrible season, hoping for better next season. Um, again, fair. Um, Ross got into a conversation with myself and Kate Morris about loving Glenn and being romantically involved. <laughs> um, we'll skip past that. Darren Brown, bright. Uh, this is a good one, Darren Brown. I, I do like this. This is this is a very good summary in eight words. Bright start, cure left, team struggled, tactics boring. Yeah. That, really good. that is really good. That really might be good. my favourite. Um, James had another go. Um, so he's had more than five words. But James Adol's high expectations on paper, shocking results, underwhelming season. 
I think that a lot of people think the same as that. Um, Roy Savage, only one word needed. Disappointing. Roy, that's five. Read the rules. Stephen North said, <laughs> not the best, but let's build on it. Very, very fair. Um, Ivan Knoll. Ivan Knoll said, we stored enough meat to see us through. Uh, now, let me explain, because he explained it himself. It's an Italian proverb, and it came from a quote from Gabrielle Cioffi. I think it was in, like, October or November, where Gabby said, we've stored enough meat to see us through December. So basically, getting enough points on the board so we don't have to struggle too much in the start of next year, um, which I get. Thank you for pointing that out, Noel. Very good. Very educated. Absolutely. Or just listen. Um, I don't know why he recalled that interview so well. It's, it's gone by, like, six months. Uh, maybe because it's pinned on his fridge or something. <laughs> Uh, Phil Brogio, frustratingly, consistently, inconsistent, but ending with hope. That sounds like a tongue twister or that, some sort of lyrical poem. Definitely the most letters in any answer. Um, Matt Howlett said, quote, this team will change. Salim. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Neil Hobbs, produce, pr promising so much, producing very little. We, we've got a theme going here. Um, DF Crawley fan said... Um, and the new manager is going to be very good. And Colin, Colin, ugh, eight words, Colin Lowe's. He said, very disappointing, not convinced with the manager, must do a lot better next season. Just obliterated Just that eight-word eight <laughs> deadline. <laughs> but my favourite one come from um, GH Away Travel, and I think they speak for every single away fan. No matter how you travel to away <laughs> games, no matter how you travel to away games, they speak for all of us. Uh, we'll be back next season, no matter what. Yes, I think Lovely. it's fair to see, though, generally speaking about the fans compared to our opinions here, is that maybe they feel quite a, a bit more downcast than than how we are feeling the season went, would you say? Yeah, I mean, I think we try and be as positive as possible. When you're on social media, it's like a free reign to, you know, let your emotions flow. We try not to do that because Jonathan and I, when we're tweeting, there's two of us and we don't want to give each other's opinions out. We're trying to be fairly neutral. But this is our, the podcast is our, our chance to sort of give our own thoughts. But yeah, everybody's saying the same thing. High hopes, disappointing again. Um, but let, let's look forward. But um, that, that was my favourite big question of the year year the answers you give throughout the year they're brilliant they were the best thank you so much and uh, we look forward to more big questions next year but that is our opinions the stats opinions your opinions later on we're going to get the cats opinions well ewan we're going to keep everyone waiting just that little bit longer to hear Glenn Morris's interview. It is undoubtedly the highlight of the show. Please don't skip forward. Broadfield Buds is quite good this week. Yes, it's Broadfield Buds time. <laughs> so, um, first of all, I, I alluded to it in the um, in the answers there. I sent a tweet out a little while ago. And, and as I've said before, when me, when we're tweeting from the, the, the club, uh, the straight red account, it's generally myself um, instead of Jonathan. And I put a tweet out. And I said, massive respect to everybody that travels on GH coaches. I was, that was, that's my bad. And I apologise. I was it's the last time he's going to tweet now. I was referring to all away fans. And we had a few uh, comments saying, what about fans that don't travel to the away games without, uh, with, not with GH coaches? I mean, that was just, it was my mistake. I apologise. I was referring to all away fans. And I just slipped into the mind that away fans, oh, it's the travels won by GH coaches. 
I'll just stick them on the on the handle. Um, it was a big mistake. Tag Southern Rail in. It, yes, I should do. And and every single car manufacturer, <laughs> every petrol provider. Um, so however you go to away games, me and Jonathan are in awe of you um, because it, the commitment is ridiculous. We consider ourselves pretty hard fans, but um, all you guys that go away, it, it, it's on another level. Again, sorry. Um, right, the real first talking point about Broadfield Bars I wanted to bring up is it's it's the Gabby conundrum. Okay, we could have quite easily, we considered it putting out another poll at the end of the season for the in-out. We've already done three. It's gone down and down and down. But we've got 10 points in the last 15, Jonathan. Um, but another poll is now completely irrelevant. We're not going to do another one because... Gabby is going nowhere. We've got 10 points in the last 15. That's the best run he's had in, in, in months. He wasn't. Go, he, he obviously didn't leave during his poor period. So there's, there is no way on this earth Gabby Joffe is getting sacked, no matter the people that still want him to or not. Um, so it, it's, a, it's, a, it's an irrelevant conversation now. Okay, um, He's going nowhere. All we can do as Crawley Town fans is now get behind our manager who is staying, look forward to next season, back the transfer window and um, be positive and move beyond that and forward. Of course, if the start of next season doesn't go too well, then there's another opportunity. Um, but he, he's got the summer now. Again, what, what input he has um, with the transfers, we, we still don't know, fully know. Um, I'll be honest, I have chatted with with Erdogan very briefly on this. And um, he, he's um, he's sort of passed on that Gabby is very much involved in the, in the, in the transfer window and in involved in uh, conversations with uh, who he wants to bring in. And then it's like a team decision, right? You want him, we want him. Who do we have? And I think it's a good thing also that uh, Gabby has stayed on to the end of the season because also this means that the club have kept their word. And if they've kept their word with this, would you not suggest that That's they're keeping really their point. word with other things uh, as I, well? I hadn't considered that a very good point. Um, and I, I mentioned earlier a tweet from Erdem that he sent out and it was off the back of a uh, tweet to him from Matt Howlett. And I'll read out both because Matt goes, hello, Erdem, are you able to answer our question? Uh, many of their fans would like to know why have you decided to stick with the manager? The stats speak for themselves, surely. And yes, uh, we can say he came in after Harry and it's not his team, etc. But it hasn't worked. And Erdem came back with a very long reply. And I'll read it out to you just in case you haven't seen it because it's only just come out. Um, Erdem said, absolutely furious with the way the season has turned out. Very, on very honest start. I like that. Um, there were many variables that have gone wrong. It's not time for excuses, but lessons to be learned. We, all, we are all accountable for the poor season. Um, due to the size of the fan base, to achieve the competitiveness, we have to try to be more creative and think outside the box. Three seasons have passed and year by year, the budget has increased due to football strategy. And that has been implemented. In year one and two, more points were achieved. This season was the year for us to achieve a playoff challenge. Disappointingly, we were far off the mark. However, with the football strategy working, we are close to achieving a yearly competitive budget. This is very good for the club. Looking back at the season, we lost Harry and Jimmy at the same time. That was a massive blow. Unfortunately for our January business in the offensive area, didn't work. Uh, didn't work out. Many elite managers have had questionable starts yet. Uh, but yet went on to reach successful milestones. Please keep the faith. Um, he didn't need to write that tweet. He didn't need to reply. He doesn't have to reply to anybody. But I think it's credit to him that he, he's he's given not a short reply. He's given quite a, a quite a, a fairly um, sizable reply there. Didn't didn't answer Matt's question to be honest about why have we still got Harry. But a fair summary. Uh, what did I say? Harry. Sorry, <laughs> Harry was in he's that long tweet. gone. Um, why we still got um, Gabby? 
But um, does that undermine the manager if he answers that in a particular way? I don't know. But I think, I think again, just credit to him. He didn't have to reply to that. Salim's gone very quiet on Twitter, I've noticed. Um, no much more from him. Working hard on our transfers. Hopefully. Fingers crossed they will come up. We've got transfer goss coming up. But, um, yeah, Gabby is staying. He's not going anywhere. Let's get behind the team. Let's get behind Gabby and move forward. It, it's the only option as far as I can see. And I don't want to dwell on this too much, but next season... Let's say results were still pretty poor. How long would you give Gabby until you're Gabby out again? I think people are generally gone by Christmas if they're having a bad season and before another window. So it, let's just say scenario is it continues still only getting about 1.1 points per game. I think Christmas is around about the time you see most managers getting the job. But let's not think like that. No, let's not think we've got 10 points from the last 15. Let's build on that this summer. We've got the, a good squad now who sort of gelled together pretty fairly well. A few more nice additions. Get rid of the rubbish and uh, kick on next year. So are you leading on now to the transfer news with that? I'm leading into the transfer goss. And when we say transfer goss, let's be fair. There isn't much transfer goss. Um, we we got an exclusive um, a couple of weeks ago. Um, now, just to, just to mention, maybe uh, people maybe when you hear rumours online and, and transfer rumours, especially, it's very easy to um, doubt the the reporter whoever is, is giving that leak. Given our history um, and relationship with the club, myself and Jonathan, and me working there for six years. We, we know a lot of the staff. We know a lot of the people. Um, and, and we still speak to a lot of people there. I'd, uh, we will never, ever put something out there that we think is a really, really good rumour or a really, really good chance of something happening if we don't believe in it and we don't believe in our source that has provided it to us, okay? So whenever we put something out from Straight Red, you can rest assured that it's come from a very, very solid source and it's a very, very solid um, um, chance of happening. Okay, Not saying it's definitely going to happen, but we can read rumours online from a fan that's chatted to his cousin who chatted to a footballer's mate in the pub three doors down. Fine. We're not going to tweet about that. But when we get something and we put it out, you can rest assured, again, that, that it's, it's a pretty solid bit of information. Um, so from that, we got news about um, uh, Crawley Town shaking hands on a deal with Ashley Nadison, uh, which would be a, a fantastic sign, of course. Um, and that was a few days ago. And I think it was yesterday or day before, we said it was 90% confirmed with a handshake. Um, and then James Goodwin, an agent online, not sure who James Goodwin is, but he, he seems to have a lot of good sources and a lot of the things he says d d do come to fruition. He now said it's 99% confirmed that we've got Nadison. And then there's been an article written by the Crawley Observer, was it, saying that uh, Joey Barton doesn't want Nadison? Uh, no, that's a Blackpool Gazette. Blackpool, Blackpool Gazette. Gazette. Yeah, My apologies to the no, no, there, there was another bit in the um, Observer that just based on that, that that tweet we put out. We we give them a lot of source, don't we? I, th I think we provide 50% of their bloody sports content at the minute. But um, hey, it's all good. Um, but Blackpool Gazette put out uh, an article about... Um, Joey Barton thinking it was a bad move to Crawley and he should stay in the north. However, he is a local lad and by the sounds of things, it's very, very nearly absolutely signed on paper and done. And he was someone that Crawley were looking to sign in the January transfer window I as well, believe I think. so, yeah. I, honestly, I don't recall that, but I, that's what I've been told, so I, belie I believe so, yeah. So a deal long in the making and hopefully we'll see that soon because yeah. that'll be a, a good addition to a, a strike force that we desperately need. Absolutely. Um, right, moving on. Head coach Gabriel, this is from the club website now. 
Head coach Gabriel Chelfi has praised the efforts of players who have spent part of the season on loan with the club who have now gone back to their parent club. So that is Joe Maguire, Luke Gambin, Matty Willock. Um, Luke Gambin, big loss. I'd like to see him sign permanently. Matty Willock, I don't think we ever saw the best of him. Um, very exciting news when he arrived. Um, but will he return to Crawley when he's gone back to Man United? I think he will probably go out to another loan to another club. So sad to see the back of all three of those. Um, Matty Willock and Joe Maguire in particular. Um, I put nice tweets out saying standard thanks for being at Crawley and they got some really good responses Joe made 31 appearances uh, and his first career goal against uh, Newport County uh, Luke's campaign was affected by an injury but still made 29 appearances and three goals and uh, Matty um, I, I didn't realise he made as many as 11 appearances for the Reds Matty Willock I think also uh, sorry if I get the relationship wrong but I think it was Joe Maguire's mum who posted on the yes I think fans, it was yeah, yeah. Uh, Facebook uh, page Basically, just just thanking the fans and thanking the club yeah, for the time brilliant. there. Yeah, really nice that, really nice, and and it just shows when when your mum puts a tweet out like that, you must have enjoyed your time. And um, good luck to all of them wherever they end up next. Um, right, some stuff we do kind of know. Yusuf Merson is clearly on his way out the door. A player who's not enjoying his time at the club, I don't think. Um, I, well, I haven't spoken to him personally, but if you make when you've got somebody like Glenn Morris in front of you and you spent forty four league games on the bench. Um, just a couple of appearances in the checker trade, I think, wasn't it? And I also believe there's no goalkeeping coach at the club either. And for a young goalkeeper who's wanting to learn those things, yes, you can learn so much of Glenn Morris, but I feel like there's probably only so much Glenn can teach you if he's trying of to be course, a player yeah. himself. And if you're a young goalkeeper, you, you've got to move on. You can't you can't spend your life like a Renegade Martin on your life on the bench or something. Um, so Merson is out and I, I did see somewhere today, I forget where, but I think there's a local goalkeeper playing in Conference South um, who we might be getting in as a second to Glenn. Um, so again, watch this space. Retained list, still waiting for the retained list. Um, had a chat with um, uh, a member of the staff at the club earlier. I think we might be getting that early next week. I know a lot of clubs have, have done them already. I think we're early next week. Um, who should go? I'll put a question down here. This is just this is my opinion. Now you can say yes or no. Who should go? I'm going to put bets on the first name you say. Ollie Palmer. <laughs> there you go. I've won big. Uh, but everybody, I think everybody would agree with this. Ollie Palmer, Dominic Polion, and uh, Bonzangala. Who is is? I think he's just. We've got enough good defenders now. He's too big, too slow. And would you not keep Bonds just for the bench sort of thing? If he's happy to stay for that. <laughs> It, it, it depends what wages is on, I suppose. If he can leave and open up some wages, then maybe. But um, we saw him in a few games and he looked big and strong. He reminded me very, very slightly of sort of like a, a Claude Davis for a few yeah. games. Just big yeah. and strong at the back, but just not quick enough. Not quick enough. Um, I've got question marks over a few people. Um, um, and again, we've not seen enough of them. Ricky German, it's a strange situation. Came in with quite a lot of fanfare, scoring dozens and dozens of goal um, for um, what, Hendon. Um, again, it's, it's just an, an, an interesting one to, um, to look at. Hopefully, during the summer and into next season, he, become, he can become the player that we anticipated he might become. Um, question mark I've put over Brian Gallack as well. I know he got his debut on Saturday. Um, but is he good enough even to be a squad player? I've no idea. Haven't seen enough of him. But again, maybe a young player that can come through over the summer, over the next season. I'm sure he's not on much wages. Ibrahim Meite, I put a question mark on. Again, just not seen enough of him to be able to make any sort of decision. Um, even when Polion and Palmer weren't playing that well, why he wasn't getting more game time, I've, I've no idea. Um, I put a question mark against Moraes, only because I'd, everybody wants him in the squad, but will he be there next season? Who knows? We'll wait and see. And then um, I, 
Do you know what? I wrote this and I hated myself for writing it, but I put a question mark against Lewis Young. Um, is he going to be a squad player next season? His, his end to the season wasn't fantastic at all. He didn't put, I mean, he had some good performances during the year, but the last few games, um, not, not good enough for a, a promotion push in League Two, I don't, I don't think. And it hurts me to say that. No, and uh, yes, I am. I am sad like you as well. I feel like I have maybe less attachment to Lewis as you do, but I do think that that right back position does need fulfilling by someone else if we're wanting to push forward because that that's sort of an, a weak area of Corey's he's like, play. He's like he's a makeshift right back. Is he a right back or a, or a wing back or a winger? I still don't know. But we need just a solid right back, um, and likely I've put likely for sale again. This is just. Ashley Nathaniel George, Panuche, David Cisse, even Reese Gregor Cox. I'd like to see all four of those at the start of the season next season. Will we have all four? Fingers crossed. But again, if money comes in, can you turn money down? Not for us to say. Business decision, um, difficult decision. Couple of players, only going to mention two that have been released. Would you have these back? Billy Clark's been released. Get him back. No. Too injured? Look, looking at his recent form, he's not the player who we who we had when he was for us. Well, I'm very romantic. Um, <laughs> even e- the, the even more romantic, Matt Tubbs, being released from player manager as Gosport. Get yes. him back! <laughs> <laughs> Again, I mean, these players may be, especially Matt Tubbs, might be good in instilling that kind of victory spirit which he had at the club. He obviously knows the club pretty well for being at the club for so long, but... Again, I, th- I think these players are past it. And yes, there's a, a, we, we hold a lot of memories and, and good thoughts of these players, but they've moved on. Um, he's, he was, uh, Tubbs was a player coach at Gosport. Um, do you know who, the, the ma- who, who he was assistant to, the manager at Gosport? No. Craig McAllister. Uh, there we go. Those no, no, I, didn't, I did know that. Did yes, you? Yeah, yeah. Well, he didn't say it. <laughs> um, so maybe you could come in as a, as a player coach because Jimmy's getting back in the squad. We could do with like a, a maybe just bring him in as a coach. He'd be a, a... And then Steve Evans and Paul Ray no There you back go. There being there you go. You're on it. You're on it. <laughs> We're getting the band back together. You are on it. Right. So that is the, the, the transfer uh, bit done. Again, it's all sort of speculation in our opinions. But hopefully, if we, if we do a midsummer podcast just to catch up, we, we hopefully have a bit, bit more information. Um, right. On to the rest of Broadfield Buzz, because this is, this is getting on. That, that was longer than I thought it was, the transfer bit. Um, great news from the club. Well impressed with this. But again, you, you can't really put prices up. Season tickets frozen for a fifth year in a row, Jonathan. Unsurprising, but good. It, Unsurprising, but still credit. Um, did you know of the other benefits if you're a season ticket holder? No, please feel free uh, to tell I'm me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you. Um, priority purchase for all cup ties. So, so two games. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't help but laugh. Um, <laughs> two vouchers for any Skybet League games of your choice. Uh, I'm guessing they're games at Crawley, not just you don't want to go and see somebody or other two teams play. Uh, 15% off any merchandise in the club shop, 10% off any higher in Reds and the Mayor when back to suite. Opportunity to upgrade your match ticket or hospitality ticket for £48. Normal price is 65 and uh, have your name placed on your seat in brackets £20 plus. <laughs> so, is it a benefit? I don't know. Is, just, is that a reduced rate for members of uh, season tickets? I, I don't know. Or is that just £20 for a sticker? Um, the, the opportunity to buy a £20 sticker. If and anyone does get that sticker, please tweet us a photo. <laughs> please do. And 10% off ticket prices for the club's awards dinner at the end of the season. Um, I never feel like 10% is enough for anything. 
Um, that's, that's just my opinion. So uh, Marketing man inside you. It is. 10% does nothing for anybody. Um, right. And the important thing is, existing season ticket holders, you have until the 28th of June to claim your ticket before they go on general sale. So if you want to grab your same seat as last year, or you want to move because you don't like the person next to you, leave it till after the 28th of June. Um, and you're sorted. Um, next up, I, I feel like we need a Hong Kong Paul section in this podcast, but for now, we'll just keep it in Broadfield Buzz. But he's only, only one tweet of uh, a note I wanted to bring you. And he put out a poll um, on he's had a chat with the club. He should be called Hong Pong Hong Hong Kong Paul Paul. <laughs> <laughs> I really messed up. He should be called Hong Kong Paul <laughs> Paul Hong Kong Paul. Are you trying to say that? I can't say. <laughs> well, I royally messed that up. I like that. Right. So a a a, a, a tweet from Hong Kong. Paul, um, he said, once again, I'd like to ask my followers for guidance. I've had discussions with the club about assisting in a few areas financially. Please choose the one you believe in is best. OK, so this is this is not this is aside from any investment in a training ground. This is just one of these three. The three options were scoreboard, a new scoreboard, a new PA tunnel system or repair the damaged east stand. I've not spent much time in the east stand. I'm not sure how damaged it is. I think the wind comes through at the back and maybe some of the banners are down. But um, I'll say PA. What do you say? I, I voted PA personally, yes. Um, 26% said scoreboard, 40% said Tannoy, 34% East End. Really, really close. 148 votes as well. So very, very close on that. Um, but there were a few comments. And again, the, the Crawley Observer picked it up and, and ran with it. Uh, <laughs> Um, and they added this. Paul actually spoke to them directly and gave them a few quotes, which I thought was uh, quite nice. And I think it's going the way of the PA. Personally, of the three, I think that is the one that makes us look the most unprofessional, having a, having a crap PA. It's also just really annoying from a country point of view. You can't hear anything else. And somebody pointed out, somebody um, very health and safety conscious minded, that's actually dangerous. Because if there's a, 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 an announcement to go out, please leave the stadium. Obviously, you'll see people leaving, but you know, it's crawling. They could be leaving in the 80th minute. You never know. But um, if there's an announcement saying you've got to get out as a fire or you've got to get out for any reason um, it's, it's got to be working properly so um, not just for uh, match day experience but for health and safety too so we'll again we'll, we'll follow up on that whenever we get some information um, next D3D4 they have a fantastic Twitter account please do follow it it's great it's D3D4 football the numbers three and four um, they put out a stat today most minutes played this season in League Two have a guess Danny Bullman. No, of course not. It is <laughs> Glenn Morris. Way. 4,499 minutes. I think that's almost every minute. Is that every minute of every game? Did Merson play a league game? Should have checked this. Uh, I don't think he did. No. I don't think he did. Well, that, does, that does, is, does this count added time as well? Because uh, it, otherwise it would be around. It's figure, a strange it? number. Yeah, yeah, it is a strange number. And he only won by five minutes over Christian Pierce as well. But uh, uh, well done, Glenn. Um, first season friendly, first preseason friendly has been announced. It's versus Portsmouth at the People's Pension Stadium on the 27th of July. Very matter of fact. Yeah, well, there's not much to, to expand on that. Now, here's a good one. What would I? What would you say, Jonathan, if I said Crawley are going to the World Cup? I'd say you're mad. You'd say I'm mad. You'd be right to say I'm mad, but you'd be wrong because Carol Bates and the Crawley Cogs are co-hosting the Women's Over 30s World Cup in Soissons, France, on the 21st of June during the time frame of the full Women's World Cup. 
That's incredible. It's brilliant. It's a seven-a-side tournament. There's 19 teams entered so far. There's a couple of spaces available. Uh, there's a women's festival during the day. And in the evening, afternoon, there's competitive matches with the winner being crowned the over-30s women's world champions. So what, what can Crawley we... could be World Cup winners. So what do we do to support? Can we watch them? Can Yeah, how do we help? Well, you can get more information on crawley-cogs.co.uk and follow the hashtag... OGWC19, that's Old Girls World Cup. Um, again, co-hosting it. And this is this all started four years ago with 10 women. Now Crawley are hosting and competing in the over-30s Women's World Cup. Insane. No, that, that is really incredible. And Carol or anyone else who's going to that, please do tweet us photos. We'll retweet them or put them out on, on our account as well because I think this really does need some great exposure. It's, I don't think it's getting enough exposure. It's absolutely brilliant. Um, so congratulations and good luck. We will, of course, update everybody with the information as and when it comes through. Um, one final thing, the final bit of Broadfield Buzz, the final Broadfield Buzz section of the season, Jonathan. I'm holding back the tears. Quest, who provide the EFL highlights. They do a goal of the month competition every month. Guess who won the latest, the last one of the season? This is my previous answer. Danny Bullman. It's Danny Bullman at 40 years old. His wonder tonk, Thundercracker, <laughs> has won goal of the month. Um, brilliant. Again, just a, a great way to end the season. A great way to end, way to end Broadfield Buzz. A couple of really, really positive things for Crawley. Um, and I'm out of breath. And here's to another season of Danny Bullman in the Football League and playing for Crawley Town. And scoring absolute thundercracker tonks. <laughs> So, the bit that we've all been looking forward to in this podcast, let's be realistic. We don't want to hear us speak. We want to hear the cat speak. So, we've had our opinions. We've had the stats' opinions. We've had your opinions. Now it's time for Glenn Morris's opinions. And we got a very last-minute phone call from the club saying that we could go and chat to them. So, we put Ewan in a car, sent him down to the club one lunchtime, and here's what happened. So here we are, Glenn. Thank you so much for joining us. Three times Player of the Year and the Crawley Towns cat. Yeah, thanks very much. Yeah, it's, you know, obviously, you know, chuffed a bit to, to win it again, and you know, obviously, thanks very much to all the fans that voted, of course. Um, but yeah, a bit of an indifferent season, but it's nice to top it off with uh, an award. Fantastic. So what we'll do, Glenn, I want to talk about your career, just your, your, your crawly element of your career, and then at the end we've got some fans' questions as well. But I think the best place to start is, just to summarise, you came in as a player coach in 2016, and three years later, three times player of the year. It's like a ridiculous story, and it's a brilliant story. So I will actually start with a fan's question, and it's Kenny Cumming. And he said, after joining as a player coach, did you think that your days between the sticks were over? Good question. Um, personally, no, I didn't. I knew that I had uh, more in me, but uh, effectively it was a little bit of a gamble because it could have been, it could have been the end of, could have been the end of my playing career. Yeah. But Matt Gray brought me here um, he was a Dermot's assistant um, 
he, he, he said, I know you've got a lot in the locker, but obviously, you know, come in with the goalkeeping coaching in mind, but you can, I know you can still play. Because you weren't playing much at Chillingham, were you, when you left there? No, not that. Uh, the year, um, I played the end of the year before I left for about, I think, 12 or 15 games, and then the, the next year, Justin Edinburgh, um, he played Stuart Nelson, who was their number one, and he did fantastic, to be fair. Um, so I was on, on the bench all that year, yeah. So you did feel that, even though you're 35 now, so 32 at the time, you still felt you had sort of like football league, football in you, and you were completely capable? Yeah, I did, yeah, I did. But um, I, knew, I knew it was, like I said, I knew it was a gamble. But, um, you know, but to be honest, it is, like I've said before in the past, it was the best decision yeah. I ever made, yeah. And like you said, it was a gamble. So Ruben Watt asked, um, why Crawley? Was there other offers on the table? or? Well, the, literally, the, um, the day I got released, Matt called me up. And he said, did I fancy it? And I've got to be honest, at first I was a little bit, I'm not sure. Because it's Crawley? Not or? because it's Crawley, <laughs> but because of the role he was putting towards okay. me. And in your head, you're thinking, I'm just a player. you know. But then when I spoke to him and I was coming and met Dermot, I was like, you know what, I think it feels good. So, um, you know, it was, a, and like I said, yeah, the best decision I made. And um, first season, you break into the first team almost immediately. Um, you make 39 appearances, win player of the year. Could that first year have gone any better? No, not for me personally. I mean, obviously it's difficult because I come in as a goalkeeper coach and I had two young keepers uh, below me and it was hard because obviously I was their goalkeeper coach and then all of a sudden Dermot's come to me and said, I want you to play. And it was hard because it was early on. And I did say to Dermot at the time, I said, obviously I'm great, but you've got to remember that it could it could be you know a bit harmful for the other two. Um, but he, you know, he was he was ready to put me in, and it, like he said, yeah, it went, couldn't have gone any better. And exactly like you've just said, the next question was like you came in as a coach player, therefore under Yusuf. Um, so, what is your relationship like now with Yusuf and other goalkeepers in general when this might happen, when things turn out the way they do? Well, I think with goalkeepers, is um, you know, it's sort of inbuilt that you know the score that is only one place, mm-hmm. one position available on a Saturday. And there is that goalkeeper union, so I did, I've not, I can't, I mean, I've not come across many goalkeepers that have, have, have been. Because you've been, you've yeah, been a number two yourself. Yeah, being number two, exactly. You, yeah, so you know like, the yeah, I mean, I've probably been on the bench two, three hundred times in my career. You know, you, you either play or wow. you're not. So it's like, <laughs> what, you know, it's what I mean. You know, yeah. What can you do? So you got to, you got to be patient. You got to, you got to, you know, sit there and bide your time and, and and take your chance when it comes along. Absolutely. And of course, as a goalkeeper, as we've just been mentioned, you know, you are. It's not like a midfielder or a striker where you could like maybe a sit a bit deeper, go out to the left and play a slightly different position. You're directly keeping that person out of playing um, now we discussed on the last podcast episode that you're coming close to being untouchable as the number one does Yusuf this season has he kept you sort of on your toes and you, do you ever feel threatened for that number one position yeah of course yeah um, you, I think you have to I mean and you you've got to, uh, you've got to perform week in week out because if you don't people ask questions whether it's you know whether the management the fans or you know people will ask questions of you and eventually there'll be a change you know so you have to you know you have to train hard prepare right and um, be ready because it would be very easy for the performances you put in continuously very easy to get complacent and think I'm the best this is my shirt but you don't think that way at all no not at all no I mean I think that's you know I think that's a dangerous game if you're if you're thinking like that you you, you can't you can't be complacent you, you know you've got you've got to be on it every week um, you do seem brilliantly sort of very humble we very rarely see you sort of do wild celebrations with all your great performances and the wins Um 
but with all those great performances, sometimes, surely, do you ever go back to Kate in the evening and go, you know what, babe, I think I'm the best cold keeper in the bloody world? <laughs> uh, no, I don't. <laughs> uh, she might tell you otherwise. But, um, <laughs> n- no, no, not at all, obviously. No, you know, I mean... I'm at League Two level on 35, I understand, but yeah. it's great. You know, obviously, you've, someone you play well on a Saturday and you go home, you do feel on top of the world, but, um, you know, you, you can't get too high and you can't get too low. And this, you know, obviously, when you're, you're not winning much, it's you, quite hard to go home on a, a Saturday and feel you're on top of the world, no matter how you play. And um, do you think at the moment you're playing your best ever football, or, or can Glenn Morris get better? <laughs> um, I, I, I feel that I'm the last three years obviously I feel that that's the best I've played I don't know if that's if there's possibilities to get to do better or to you know to whatever but I do feel that I'm, I'm performing the best I've ever performed yeah brilliant um, we held a poll this week I don't know if you saw it um, it was to find out the fans opinions on, on Twitter at least um, that follow our uh, our page there is Glenn Morris the best Crawley goalkeeper ever and we had almost you, you winced a little bit there <laughs> we had almost 100 votes and it was 98% yes which meant two people voted no I think I think that was Matt Harold and Brian Jensen that voted no right. but 98% was yes um, what does the support of the Crawley <laughs> fans meeting to you uh, oh no it's brilliant and obviously you know it's, it's, it's fantastic because you know as a player sometimes you know other clubs you, you don't you don't get held in that regard so yeah. you got to, when it comes along mm-hmm. you got to, you got to embrace it and you, uh, um, you you're online and you, you are on Twitter you, you do get a lot of love because we see it and we give a lot of love as well um, do the other players get jealous a little bit or <laughs> oh, you'd have to ask them <laughs> I mean it is you know I, don't, I mean I've, I don't know it's, <laughs> I find it all a little bit awkward sometimes but um, no it's good it's brilliant like I said you've got to embrace it you've got to enjoy these moments of course now it's no secret the fans have been a little bit disappointed um, with the lack of progress over the last few years um, what's sort of your opinion on that because with the teams we've had do you think we maybe should have been higher in the table or challenging for playoffs or um, yeah I think obviously we've underachieved we, we know that we know the squad we got we should have we should have done better this year but um, performance levels have been good in spells where maybe the results haven't come, but obviously we know it's results basis. Um, you know, you you got to win games, and we want to be. I'd rather be playing bad than win, um, but we have. You know, that that's not happened so, so much. But um, yeah, it's been dis- it's been disappointing. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no getting away from it. But um, you know, the main thing is is that we're still in League Two. Absolutely, we're not we're not in the, going into this last game. And uh, this season in particular, with the likes of Philippe Romain, um, Ollie, when Jimmy's on form and yourself, um, it, f- it generally always does, but this year in particular, it felt like it could have been kind of like a breakthrough year. So what's the feeling in the changing room in general when we just kind of find it hard to sort of grind out those results that we feel like we're probably capable of? It's, it's, you know, it's not, it's not good. You're obviously disappointing, but I think, like you said, we've... The, some of the players we had in the signings it, it was timings of injuries and suspensions and with Ollie Palmer and, and what you know obviously Phil getting injured Romain getting injured and or Jimmy getting injured I mean you, you, <laughs> even Mark Connolly at the time yeah, yeah. Uh, it was you know it was, it was they're obviously big players for us and we've got a good squad but it's hard to you know to, to, you know so it disrupts you mm-hmm. know what I mean and obviously then 
it was the man the management situation with Harry leaving that there was, so there was a disruption mm-hmm. there's no getting away from that yeah. but we that our performance levels weren't good enough um, but like I said before, we were still in League Two. Absolutely. And amongst all that, I mean, the, the season very nearly became a relegation dogfight right at the end. But um, then amongst this sort of poor form, we go away and get two wins at Yeovil and Exeter. How do you sort of explain that? How, how do you spin that negativity on its head and then pull out these two great results? I, I think it's a little bit frustrate, like frustrating because I, kn- I knew it was in, in the locker for us and I think you can obviously see that. But... Um, when the push comes to shove, we performed. I mean, that, I mean that's a good sign, but it's also a little bit frustrating. That, you know, maybe we was a bit relaxed and you know took our foot off the pedal. Maybe mm-hmm. I don't know. It's hard to it's hard to put a finger on it. But like you but say, it, it proves it was there all along. That it, it sort of could have been done. And like like I said, it pulled out at the uh, at the end when we most needed it, which is great. Um, thankfully, as you mentioned, we have secured safety and we'll be joined next year by your old team, Leighton Orient, where you spent almost a decade and made over 100 appearances. What's your relationship like with them and other clubs? And is that a fixture that you'll be looking out for? Yeah, oh yeah, I'll definitely be looking out for it. I mean, I'm sure it's uh, normally a boxing day one because uh, <laughs> it's not too many local games. But yeah, um, yeah, obviously, uh, pleased for Leighton Orient. I looked at a lot of people that I still know there and a lot of people that work there behind the scenes, are, are, you know, really good people. So I'm pleased, I'm pleased they're coming up. Um, you know, obviously, it was my, uh, I was there from youth team for 10 years. Maybe the fans maybe didn't quite like me as much as the crawling fans, but you know that, that's football, um, and it, I, I will enjoy playing against them. Hopefully, we can get a couple of wins against them. Cool. And last one from me before we go on to these fans' questions. Um, great three years. Where, where are you going next? What's your, the aspirations for yourself um, and for Crawley next season? Um, personally, just you know to to keep. To keep going, really, to you know, to keep playing as many games as I can, um, uh, and yeah, just keep keep performing as uh, if I, you know, to my best of my ability. And then as a, as a team, it's got to be, it's got, it's, you know, so there's only one goal it's, it's to to get promotion any by any means. So that is the goal, and that's what we'll work towards starting from Saturday, hopefully. Perfect. And um, you did say you're happy to answer a few fans' questions, so we've yep. got some here. We'll rattle through them because I know you need to um, get away to a, a team meal very shortly. Now, 35 years old, Glenn, um, CTFC Thoughts was wondering how many more seasons do you have in you at the top of your game? Um, and I'll add to that, do you take into Inspiration from Danny Borman. I do, yeah. You got to. I mean, yeah. I mean, he's a freak of nature. If, but you know, if, yeah. I don't know. Who knows? You can't. I don't think you can. Do you feel, do you feel fit and healthy? Yeah, you I feel it. it. But you don't know when it's going to catch up with you. But yeah, I feel good. I mean, there's lots of goalkeepers that go well into their late thirties. So I'm sure. I'm sure I'm fine. Now, Jono asked, "Have you always been a goalkeeper, or did you go in goal because you're one of those kids that weren't very good on pitch?" No, I was, <laughs> I was extremely good on pitch. Uh, what position on pitch? I, no, I, 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 I didn't play. I never played on pitch, to be honest. Okay. But I, if I did, I, I was... Yeah, it was good. No, um, <laughs> keepers always think they are. But no, I was, uh, my brothers were older than me, so I was only allowed to play with them if I went in goal. Oh, yeah, I know that uh, feeling. So, yeah, But I, to be honest, I loved it. I didn't want to do... I, I, I was in goal from... Three, two. I oh, swear, yeah. you know, that was it. I never wanted to do anything else but stop. The, I like the feeling of people thinking they scored yeah. and it didn't. <laughs> that was better than scoring a goal for me. Um, Ashdain Red, you had, we, you've served under Dermot, Harry and Gabby. This might be a difficult question. Oh, Who, yeah. Who's the best Crawley manager you've played for? 
Gabby. Yeah? yeah. Why is that? That was a really quick answer. <laughs> I like his work ethic. I like his his enthusiasm for the game. But no, it was all good, man. Dermot was brilliant. Man manager, Dermot was brilliant. I loved him. He brought me here. I couldn't thank him enough. And Harry sort of changed the way I thought about playing. So they've okay. all brought something to the table. I yeah. enjoyed playing for all of them, all three of them. And what about um, plays? Who's the who's the best or maybe the top three Crawley players that you've played alongside? Because you've been in three years' worth of teams now, so quite a few players. Oh, I mean, yeah, that's, that's a horrible question to ask. <laughs> in naming players. That, I mean, I don't, there's loads of good players. I, I don't want to... Now, just going back to managers really quickly, yeah. um, CTFD sort CTFC, CTFC thoughts on Twitter asked, um, "When the manager changes, does that change how you and you, you and Yusuf train, or is it completely separate to the team tactics and on-pitch strategies?" I thought it was a really good yeah, question. Yeah, no, that's a good question. No, it does. It, um, you have to adapt. Um, different managers want you to do different things. So it's, um, not really in terms of goalkeeping training. Like they wouldn't really affect that. But in terms of what you do with the ball to play out or to, you know, mm-hmm. what sort of terms of kicking or what, you know, positional sense. Yeah, that, that is, yeah, that's obviously a bit of a difference. I mean, and, you know, those all, all three managers are very similar with how they, how they saw the game and how they wanted to play it. But mm-hmm. um, to be fair to Harry, he, he sort of changed the way I thought a little bit about how to play out because at times I don't know if you know sometimes when under Harry sometimes even now I still do it I'm I'm alongside the centre backs thinking I'm a bit yeah. more advanced no we have no yeah yeah he, he really <laughs> wanted you to do that so yeah um, so yeah it does it does it does change um, Ivan Noel asks what's the most intimidating ground you've ever played at and did it affect your game um, okay um, intimidating ground. Luton's always quite a, a good. You know, I played at Millwall. That's quite intimidating. <laughs> but we won that game one 0 so that didn't really affect my game. Luton, they always. I think the crowd does play a part there. I mean, that's quite intimidating. Quite old school ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're two pretty compact old school grounds. Whether it affects it, I don't know. Um, CTFC fan asked after three seasons of top performances, have you had any other offers to go anywhere else? Have any other offers to go anywhere else? Um, I don't know, that's another difficult question. I think, yeah, there's been, obviously there's been times when people maybe have inquired a little bit. But, I'll make yeah. it easier. Do you see your future at Crawley? Yes, 100%. Perfect. Yeah. Good, good answer. Um, John Lucy, what's your secret to being at the top of your game, kind of injury-free, seemingly consistently fit and healthy? Is there a secret to it? Um, well, I don't think... If I've played a game this year where I've been 100% fit. It's one of wow. them. So, so it's like... You manage. Uh, you have to manage. Um, maybe when you're getting older, you have to manage yourself a bit better with in terms of what load of training you do mm-hmm. during the week mm-hmm. to make sure you're fit for Saturday. And then I think it's um, with like mentally prepare. You know, you I'm, I want to play week in week out, and I think you have to be mentally quite strong to mm-hmm. do that. I'm not trying to say I'm, I am, but as a goalkeeper, you got it comes with experience. I think a little mm-hmm. bit. And I'm, you know, I've sort of. Um, rambling on here a little bit. No, it's but, good. Yeah, um, yeah, no, uh, it's difficult. It's hard. I mean, you concentrate on your diet. Is yeah, that I, I look after. I, you know, I have, I have sleeps in the afternoons. Yeah, yeah, not all the time because you've got kids. But um, yeah. when I can, I, I try and have sleeps. I try and eat right. Oh, wow. Um, I try. And, I think as I've got older, my preparations got a lot, lot better. And I think if I'd have done that younger, it might have been better. But are you training less than when you were younger? 
Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I would, you know, I would like to train more, but sometimes if I step it up a bit too much, then I, I feel it. So you have to you, be careful. You, you just look after yourself. Um, Ellis Barton, what value do you put on your Player of the Year award, especially now that you've got three of them? Um, what's, what's he mean? What's this one? The fans' it's, player of the year. Yeah, award, yeah okay. Um, yeah, obviously it's brilliant. I mean, I, it's I don't, I didn't expect to win it. I, I never do. And uh, it's, see, it's I great. find that amazing that you don't expect because it's from a fan's point of view anyway. You're so sort of head and shoulders above any other player. I mean, it, for us, it's quite obvious. I mean, I don't see. I see we've got some great players. I mean, it's good, some good performances this year, um, but. Yeah, no, it's, it's brilliant. I, I, you know, you know, it's and also, um, I, I saw you mention on Twitter as well. Obviously, getting the the players player of the year award is that that must be more special. Um, uh, it's, I'm not saying it's more special, but I've, I've never ever won an award for your teammates are very few. So that was, you know, that was brilliant. brilliant. That's fantastic. And uh, Stu Elmer, um, w- this is a difficult one. What has been your best game for Crawley? Do you think is there one that stands out? Um, the one that stands out. <sighs> I don't know. I, I play. Was it the first year with Dermot Doncaster at home? Where was it? Nil nil. I think it might have been nil nil. I saved the penalty. Because um, you saved penalties two games in a row. I think at one point. Yeah, I think, I think I might. I can't remember if it was against it. But it was. <laughs> but yeah, Doncaster at home. There was a game where I think I saved. It was like yeah, maybe that. But then. I don't know. Um, Too many good ones. Aren't no, you? <laughs> we're good. crew at home this year was a good one. Yeovil away as well when we Yo- won Yeah, Yeovil away. I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> uh, Malcolm on Twitter. Um, have you had to upsize your house to fit in all your trophies? God. We're getting to the fun questions. Now. Um, I, I I give my trophies to me mum and dad. Oh wow. Yeah, okay, cool. So, so they look after them for me. So yeah, so it's, it's not a problem. Uh, Ruben, what what are your plans for the summer? Um, plans for the summer, obviously, a bit of rest, um, but then you know, straight sort of to do, get myself prepared for next year. And I mean, work. what is what is rest? I mean, do you start even though you might be not on a schedule? You must be conscious that you've got to stay fit. And do you do your own training even outside of what oh, you're being programmed? I, well, yeah, hundred percent. I I don't want to. As you get older, I think you have to keep. Training, you can't stop. The thing, if you stop, it's hard to get yourself going. Absolutely, again. yeah. So I won't have too much of a rest. But yeah, we're going away with the family on holiday. So brilliant. So that'd be good. Um, again, here are the fun ones. George on Twitter. How does it feel being the best goalkeeper in the whole of English football? Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll, I'll spin that. Do you have a goalkeeper that you look up to specifically? Um, what playing now? Or? Yeah, yeah, playing um, now. Before. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Do you, do you try and compare yourself to anybody, or I, I, I like goalkeepers that are similar to me. So obviously, maybe I, I don't. It's hard to say. But you, you know, just like, say I, the know, name. Just like, <laughs> I look at. I know he's a bit rounded, but I look at like Ben Foster. At, at okay, Watford, yeah. Uh-huh. And I think he's a bit similar to me in terms of his height, his build, his stature, the way he plays a little bit. So you're not saying I look at, but he obviously you know the height, the mm-hmm. height. Um, who wouldn't look up to yeah, him? Yeah, I believe mean, Edison with his feet, and well, I, you know, wish I could be some childers in. But um, yeah, there's so many, so many good goalkeepers. I get a lot of bashing off the off the pundits, but there's so many good goalkeepers. Absolutely, especially De Gea recently. It's, it's yeah. a bit unfortunate, really, because yeah. he's done so much good. Um, like you mentioned, you've got kids already. But Ben CTFC said, "Hi, Glenn. Will you adopt me?" I can, well, maybe. <laughs> 
Um, I've looked on his profile. He's got a photo of you as his profile page on Twitter. Oh, well, that's it then. That's yeah. He's of done, course. yeah. Yeah, it's done. He's in. I'll get the paperwork sorted. Yeah. Uh, Mitch Moylan, more paperwork. Can we get married, Glenn? Um, I don't know if my wife would be happy with that. <laughs> but why not? Okay, you got to try everything. There we go. Yeah. And um, last one. This is a really nice one to round out. FNB on the forum says, got no questions. Just a big thanks for keeping us in the football league. Oh, I don't know if this is not down to me. But the defence has been brilliant. I mean, there's been obviously times when we've, we've let in a load of goals, but then boys have been brilliant in front of me for, for a lot of the game, so I can't, I can't tell you. But um, I, th- I think FNB does sum it up there quite nicely because a lot of the fans will agree that, I mean, if, if there's one player that you can guarantee points, that puts points on the table for us, is yourself probably worth about 10-15 points a season and I'm not just saying that because I'm sat in front of you a lot of people have said that and will continue to say it that's brilliant to hear and obviously yeah thanks very much and um, thank you Glenn again as FNB said thanks for keeping us in the Football League thanks for talking to Straight Red Um, have a good day on Saturday for Sister Tranmere have a fantastic summer and we cannot wait to see you um, on the pitch next year as well thanks very much thanks Aaron cheers Dan thank you thanks mate cheers well Jonathan the cat's out the bag You've been you've been waiting to say that. For I've ages. been waiting to that, say that for about a week. You don't know how how many times I've heard that. <laughs> um, no, what a great guy though. Thank you so much, Glenn. Really, really appreciate it. Um, there was a couple of questions um, in certain social medias where I couldn't squeeze them in. Glenn had, Glenn had about twenty minutes he can give us because they were going off to a big um, sort of end of season team meal kind of thing. Um, so we thank him so much for his time. Thank you for an absolutely incredible season, Glenn. I know you're listening. You said you would do. Um, I'll make sure you have. I'll send you. A message just to make sure um but uh, yeah thank you for the time and thank you all our listeners for your questions as well i hope yours got answered and hope you enjoyed the answer and glenn look forward to seeing him again next season and what we'll try and do next season as well is get even more players on um so if there's anybody you particularly want us to talk to um let us know and we'll do our absolute utmost to get them on again thank you to glenn and Jonathan, for the final time this season, it's added time and there's nothing to add other than Jonathan and I wanted to say an absolutely massive thank you. We started this nine months ago on a bit of a whim. Uh, let's be honest, the first episode wasn't that good. Um, no, and this episode might not be good either, but <laughs> please, please do continue to tell us. We do but, read every comment. And we do listen to your feedback. We, we've taken things out, we've added things, we've adapted it. Hopefully it's become something that you look forward to um, or something that you endure. Um, who knows? But we, we really hope we've been um, a, a, a positive addition to the Crawley Town season. Um, we love doing it. We love your comments. We love you getting involved um, we've had some really nice messages and even at the stadium some days people come and say to us loving the podcast which is absolutely we, we, we can't get over it um, we started out with we, we hoped to get maybe 100 listeners was our sort of target um, but we're averaging now 250 so again it, it's just a massive thank you Thank you for listening. We're going to carry on doing it as long as people are listening. Yes, and you know I love a stat. So let's just uh, round up our sort of uh, progress online with with some uh, listening figures, shall we say. So 3,900 total listens on on the SoundCloud podcast. Uh, I think that also does include our listens on on iTunes as well, if you're an Apple device user. We've got 372 followers on Twitter, which generally is where a lot of our content does go down. Um, we do obviously try and put stuff out on, on the forum and on Facebook as well. But I think next season we'll try and use Facebook a lot more. Uh, we haven't utilised it as, as much as we, we probably should do. We asked a lot of our questions on Twitter. We, we're going to move to Facebook a bit more. And, of course, the, the forum as well. Great source of uh, information. 
Yes, which leads me on to the fact that we, during this close season, are going to try and make a few sort of changes behind the scenes, maybe not to do with the the, the sequence of the podcast, maybe to do with how we operate ourselves and how we conduct ourselves on social media to try and make a better experience generally for you. So if there are any things you would like us to change in any sort of aspect of the podcast, um, please do let us know. Yeah, as we've said from day one, this isn't our podcast, it's yours. So we're going to create it however you want it to be, um, adapted, changed, things introduced, things taken away. Um, just let us know. But again, Jonathan, from myself and you, uh, a massive thank you to everybody that listens and we'll look forward to seeing you uh, very much during the summer and into 2019-20. Yes, I hope you all have great summer holidays if you're going anywhere nice. And like Gwyn said, thank you so much. And, and from both of us now, goodbye.